Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Today, we're talking about saying yes to Christ. Uh, this is on our radar because it's also on Pope Francis's radar. He recently released a statement about the 2018 Synod of Bishops, and its title is Young People, Faith, and Vocational Discernment. And when he announced that, one quote like really stuck out to me. He was talking about the Synod wishing to accompany young people along their existential journey towards maturity so that through a process of discernment, they can discover their life plan and achieve it joyfully opening themselves up to an encounter with God and humanity and actively taking part in the building of the church and society. And this is not a new thing for Pope Francis. Going back, looking at the last three World Youth Days, they've all been about the Magnificat and it's constantly drawing us back to, I'm sorry, not the, the last three, the, the future, the next three World Youth Day themes coming up, they're all about Mary's Magnificat, saying yes to the Lord. And what the Pope is drawing our attention to is that it is only through saying yes to the Lord that we're going to find the, the purpose of our life, the meaning of our life. I think it's probably a fairly universal human experience to look forward to the future and think as, a, as an old man or, or an old woman, am I going to look back and be happy with the life that I created, with the things that I did, with my freedom, with my career, with my talents? And Pope Francis is reminding us that it is in following in the footsteps of the Lord that we are shown that the really the, the secret, the meaning of life mm -hmm. and become the men and women he wants us to be. Yeah. And it's that the people who've said yes, who have taken that leap of faith to walk with the Lord, who the church holds up and reminds us and says, look at the way these people lived. They have so much more joy. They have such a great legacy because they were willing to trust the Lord with everything, with their entire yes. Yeah, that reckless abandon. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so then what's a time in your life, Dan, that you've said yes to God? So a recent one. Recent one, okay. Really, this one, <laughs> this one is just a small one, but it's sticking out in my mind because I had, I had a really good opportunity to do something for someone else. And I feel like I kind of fell flat and, and yeah. lost an opportunity. So I went out with some friends and we decided let's pack some meals and bring it to homeless people in a local park. Sweet. So we went out early one Saturday morning and drove around. And this was a bit of an interesting experience because <laughs> you have to decide if someone's homeless based on how they look. Oh no. And you, <laughs> you think, well, is every person who, who dresses a little frumpy homeless because sometimes they're they dress very nice and they're homeless and other times they're not so you drive around and you see someone riding on a bike and you ask yourself okay is that person homeless or do i think that just because they're riding a bike <laughs> in a park um, and you have to make a, a quick decision especially if you're in a car do i turn around do i go back to that person do i risk offending them and we decided that because what we're dealing with here is making sure someone gets food for the day. We were willing to err on the side of offending someone, not that we wanted to, but just to make sure that someone got fed mm -hmm. rather than making sure we didn't get put in an awkward situation. And I remember driving past someone and being torn and not knowing, mm -hmm. looking at this person and thinking, I really don't know if they're homeless or not. They could be, they could not be. 
And before I had an opportunity to really come to a, a final conclusion, we drove on and the moment was was passed. Mm -hmm. And we was past that point of no return. And I remember very distinctly regretting that I didn't speak up and say, let's go take care of that person. And I'll never know. But for all I know, that person didn't eat that day. And maybe not just that day, but that whole week. Yeah. Yeah, man. There are possibilities were opened up there and we'll just never know the outcome of what, what could have happened, what might have been. Yeah. And sometimes even years later, I'll think back, well, I had a really good opportunity to, to do something special for someone and I lost it. And thankfully that's where God's mercy comes in and I don't have to, to feel bad about myself that I did that, but just recognize when I feel the Lord prompting me to say yes, I should answer without delay. I should give a full hearted fiat, so it, so it were, so that others don't lose out on the grace of God that he might want to give them through me. Yeah. Yeah, answering without delay. Man, I feel like, <laughs> and this is so, so simple, but for me, some of the times that I know that I've not said yes to God in this past week has been, you know, choosing Netflix over going out and going to that Bible study or to that young adult group or something like that. And it's so simple, you know, I mean, Netflix isn't bad. But I'm choosing these fake fictional friends, <laughs> you know, right. Gilmore Girls right now, you know, but and encountering them instead of encountering our Lord. Yeah, we've, we've got the opportunity to to draw near to the immortal, eternal, fulfilling, joy giving Lord of life. And instead we choose a show that got canceled eight years ago <laughs> and think, oh, this is a great way to spend my time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the revival did come out, right? It, so, so it did. You know, they, <laughs> they have enough fans that they want to bring the show back. But. Yeah, but how many other times do we just we skip the yes and we just go straight to the no because that's what seems more comfortable? That would seem, you know, so that the yes is scary. The yes takes us out of our comfort zone. Um, it makes us take this leap, leap of faith into the unknown. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel constantly called, you know, to be, and one of the hardest things for me is, I guess, too, is being charitable right. to just those I encounter every day. You know, we take them for granted, whether they're the people that I work with or my neighbors or, you know, stopping to say yes and have a conversation with my neighbor who's always out on her patio is, for some reason, something it's so easy to say no to, but why not just encounter her and, and meet Christ in her? Right. And I, when we think of those people in life who have the most joy or we remember for being the most generous, the kindest, they seem to be marked by constantly saying yes mm -hmm. to showing that love and kindness to others. Even if they don't necessarily have to bake you a cake every day, but <laughs> if they're willing to stop and say hi to you, everybody loves working with those people. Everybody loves seeing those people. Nobody dreads running into them in the hallway because they know that person is only going to leave you feeling better. And I think those, those very little yeses are great opportunities to, to follow in the footsteps of the Lord that they're not going to get a ton of recognition, but they make us more and more the type of men and women that God wants us to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and saying yes is a process, right? Like we don't, we don't just jump into the yes. There has to be something. There needs to be a foundation there first. Right. So the, 
really what, it, what this comes down to is what does it mean to be a disciple? And going back, this is a Latin word and it just means a learner. It's a, a student, someone who's willing to learn, which brings up the, the question, what are we learning about? What is it? <laughs> and if we turn to scripture, uh, we see some beautiful examples. This essentially means sitting at the feet of Jesus mm. and being willing to listen to what he has to say. Like Mary instead of Martha. Exactly. Taking yeah. that, that time with the Lord rather than busying ourselves with all the other distractions. Right. And in the, in the same way that there's this almost a social script that draws us to do things like binge watch Netflix. There's a social script to say, okay, I have to have a busy life. I have to be productive. Yeah. If I'm not cleaning, if I'm not doing something, then I'm not being a good citizen. I'm not providing, I'm not contributing. Yeah, there's so much pressure and expectation to constantly be in that state of busyness, filling all of our free time. Right, exactly. Yeah. And when we look to scripture, that doesn't seem to be the example the Lord gives us. It's simply draw near to the Lord. And what, what does he have to say? What does he want to give you today? And so you're right, the discipleship needs a foundation. And that foundation is the, the words of Christ, the teaching of Christ, and really the encounter with who, uh, who Jesus is, knowing this is not an idea, this is not just a historical datum, this is a person, this is the Lord of the universe. Mm -hmm. He's not just the subject, he is the teacher. Mm -hmm. And we become more like him as we learn about him. Right. Scripture, one of the, the beautiful many definitions of being a disciple from the Gospels is in Luke's Gospel. It's almost a, a little ironic. Someone says to Jesus after he's been teaching them about the kingdom of God, Blessed is the womb that bore you, basically saying, blessed is your mother, something that we say ourselves. Mm -hmm. And somewhat surprisingly, he says, no, rather, blessed is the man or woman who hears the word of God and acts upon it. Mm -hmm. The secret here is that Luke has already shown us Mary is the ideal disciple oh. because from the, the beginning of the gospel, peppered throughout, we see Mary hearing the word of God, keeping it in her heart. In acting upon it. And her yes. Her yes. Her, her constant yes, not just at the uh, the Annunciation when the angel appeared to her and say, hey, would you like to be God's mom? <laughs> but really every moment throughout where she said yes to being a disciple. She said yes to watching her son gather those around him, knowing that this is going to lead to his death, and said yes to really giving her son up for the salvation of the world. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, for, for no human being, is Christian discipleship simply a matter of one yes. Mm -hmm. It's a process, something we get better at every day if we continually say yes. And I, when, we, when we look back over our life, I think it's very easy to see the yeses to God, both big and little yeses, really did make us into better disciples. Yeah. Uh, and the no's, when we say no to God, when we say no to his plan, keep us from being the men and women he wants us to be. And so those are, those are when we take the wrong turn on the roadmap to discipleship, I would say. Yeah. yeah, so in that scripture, he's not like discluding Mary. He's including her by saying, blessed is, blessed are those who hear my word and follow me, right? Yeah. So like he's, he's not only saying that Mary is the only one who's blessed, he's saying anyone who follows my word, who listens to my word and obeys it is 
is my disciple is is my brother and my sister. Absolutely. And like you brought up, it's the married thing that we start with. You you can't do the word of the Lord until you first know what it is, mm-hmm. know what it means for you today, and how you're supposed to uh, to act upon it. Yeah. So I might might flip open the Bible and see a passage and think, oh, that's outstanding. I should do that today. But if I don't pray with it, if I don't discern what does the Lord want me to do, that might not be a, a good way to, to apply scripture to my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's that sitting with and that pondering in our heart that that's so key. I know so often we look at Mary as being the one who pondered on things in her heart, but really St. Joseph did too. And we see that, um, Pope John Paul II put out an encyclical on St. Joseph way back when, when it was an encyclical, but an address on St. Joseph. And he talked about how we don't see him speaking so much in scripture, well, at all in scripture, but we see his actions. And we see him also pondering things in his heart, and we see the fruit of that in his actions. So beautiful. Yeah, and the fruit of the, the actions, the openness, the yes of the Holy Family is the salvation of the world. Mm-hmm. So we, it's easy to think those little yeses really don't amount to much, but in reality, in the eyes of the world, how important was this little couple in a backwater town in Israel 2000 years ago, they were on the bottom of the list. And yet by saying yes to God, they helped bring about the salvation of the world. Mm-hmm. And we're all invited to that same participation in God's plan. Yeah. Well, when I think about discipleship, I think of Matthew seven sixteen. You'll know them by their fruit. And so, um, when I'm kind of pondering, am I am I in this place of discipleship? Am I am I truly going to our Lord as my master and um, my teacher? Am I am I truly learning from Him right. in my day to day? I try to look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit and try to see is is that what's coming up in my life? You know, is there love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? You know, those are the things that I look for as as markers of a true disciple because right. you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. If if Christianity is simply a moniker that we we add to our curriculum vitae, that at the end of the day, what does it really mean? If it's not producing some kind of visible sign of mm-hmm. being different then what does Christianity really add to anybody's life? Uh, and I think that's, Jesus gave us a good little kind of jab there to remind us, hey, this is not just a, a, you're not adding an ornament to your necklace. This is not just something that you you write on your wall or on your arm or on the cover of your journal to say like, hey, I'm in a club. You are called to a different way of life. Mm-hmm. So we, the fruits tell us, yeah, you, you are saying yes, you are doing this actively, maybe not perfectly, but you're getting there. I think very, very frequently people don't have a, a full picture in their mind of what they're saying yes to. Yeah. One of the, the unique phenomena of cultural Christianity, at least in the United States, is that people have forgotten the heart of the gospel. And then one of the things Pope Francis is doing a great job of reminding us of is the joy of following the Lord, the mm-hmm. joy of being a disciple. When many people think of giving their yes to God, 
the image that they have of being a disciple is probably, to say the least, underwhelming. <laughs> they're not imagining this, not imagining an adventure. Yeah. They're imagining almost suffering. They're imagining perhaps drudgery. And they, when they picture a really active Christian, it's not, say, the, a Mother Teresa. It's not these very joyful, uh, full of life figures. But it, it might be a little bit more of a, a humdrum. Okay, let me shuffle into a pew and kneel down in, in a dark church and say some prayers. And then I've done my duty and I'll get to go to heaven at the end of my life. Yeah. And Pope Francis is reminding us, if you are bored as a Christian, if you are boring as a Christian, you are not following the word of the Lord. Like you have not, you don't even know what he's offering you. Because yeah. he's not, it's not offering you something humdrum. He didn't die on a cross so that you could have a boring existence. He's inviting you on an adventure. And sometimes we choose Netflix. You know, we, we choose to watch someone have an adventure rather than <laughs> yeah. go on an adventure ourselves. I remember when I was really young, like getting into the Harry Potter books and just like diving full on into them and just like wanting to live in that world. And, um, and I, I started to like examine that in myself when I got into college because the last ones came out already when I was in college. So, um, so one, it was great to grow up with Harry Potter, but two, um, I, I wanted to be like, there was a deep desire to like, to, to be a part of that world. And yeah, I had to like, start to examine, like, how cool would it be to go to Hogwarts and, um, to have friends like Ron and, um, Ginny and weird teachers like McGonagall and Snape and, it just, I, I loved all of it. I loved the world. I wanted to be Luna Lovegood. Right. <laughs> I, was like, what? I loved her. She was my favorite. Um, but what I started to examine that in myself, what I realized is it was the adventure. It was the adventure that I was seeking. Like I wanted that kind of like being made for greatness and like having this mission and this path and needing to overcome this enemy. Like, there's such an adventure there and having, he had this great support group with his teachers and well, sometimes he didn't know he had the support group, but you know, as the reader, we always knew he did. <laughs> um, and so just, I wanted, that's what I wanted for my life. I wanted to have that kind of community, to have that kind of adventure and mission Absolutely, and purpose. Yeah. yeah no purpose. <laughs> and that, that's really what, what he's saying here. Like, if you say yes, you're saying yes to an adventure. Right. It's not yes to these rules and regulations and drudgery. It's it's an adventure. Absolutely. From uh, the first disciple, Mary and Saint Joseph, they went on an adventure pretty quickly. I mean, it was hey, go to Bethlehem. <laughs> hey, go to Egypt. Hey, come back. Oh. It was it's probably nerve nerve wracking at times. I believe that. But it was not boring. It was exciting, mm -hmm. and that's it's one of the the good things that fiction reminds us is we're called to more and we have the potential to have a better life and that people probably don't get all that excited about reading a book about somebody who wakes up and reads the paper and goes to a job they don't like <laughs> yeah, and comes home and binge watches Netflix. <laughs> I wouldn't read that. <laughs> no, it's, you put it down pretty quickly, but everybody loves a book where someone gets called out on an unexpected adventure. And that's, that seems to be one of the most intriguing things about Jesus is he just says, follow me, mm -hmm. say yes. You won't have, you won't have anywhere to lay your head. You won't have a home. 
but your life will not be boring. Yeah, and then they just drop their nets. They leave their father in the boat. <laughs> and that seems to be the, when, especially younger people, when they get a taste of the adventure, the excitement of following the Lord, that's when they recognize this, this is for me. The Christian life is for me. I've been taking students on mission trips for several years now to yeah. the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And invariably, students come back wanting to live very differently yeah. because they've had a taste of the excitement of living out the gospel, living for other people. And, you know, they're not doing it. They're not climbing mountains. They're not fighting forest fires. They're going and they're working with children. They're going and uh, they're spending time with people. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think, because they're finding out that love is the meaning of life. They're mm -hmm. saying yes to love. Mm -hmm. And that causes them to recognize the, kind of the magic of a life spent for others. The magic, the magic of a life spent not for yourself. Yeah. So students will come back. And the, in the short space of a week, their lives will be radically changed. I know of several students whose goal was to be a doctor. So they were entering their senior year of high school. They're, they wanted to go to, the, to a great school, to go to med school and be a doctor. Their parents were doctors. And after the mission trip, trip they didn't change their identity. Because God doesn't, he never asks us to abandon who we are, right. but rather to become who we're called to be. Mm -hmm. And they didn't just want to be doctors anymore. They wanted to be missionary doctors. Mm -hmm. And so rather than following that social script of just seeking money and comfort, they decided they were going to spend their life loving others and bringing mm -hmm. comfort and helping others live with the kind of dignity that they've experienced. Yeah. Other students, they come back or they, they rather they go on the mission trip and they're away from their friend group for a whole week. And during that time, they can recognize, I like the version of me that I experience on this trip more than I like the version of myself when I'm around my friends back home. And they will. That's a tough realization. Man. It is. It is. And they come back home and, and nobody understands them, but they've tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord and they want more. And so some, for some of them, that means finding different friend groups. But invariably, that leads to more peace and they have the freedom to, to be themselves, mm -hmm. which is really what all of us crave to, to not wear a mask to the world and to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we crave to not wear a Man, that was a jam packed line there, Dan. <laughs> and earlier you said, um, the magic of a life spent for others. Like, dude, that's how I want to live. That's how I want to live my life. Um, it's so hard to always stay in that, that mode, that mentality of yes, right. and that constant, like, I mean, it's one thing to like say yes on, on big things or to say yes occasionally, but to live your life that way and to like make that the constant presence and the constant meaning of your life. That's, that's even greater. That's even bigger. For me, the, the best tool to constantly improve and become a better disciple yeah. is the word of the Lord. And just go back to the gospels and immerse myself in the stories that Jesus told, the, the history of his life. Mm. Because it's, it's almost like a sharpening stone in the areas where I'm rough and need to be reshaped and reformed. 
every time I come in contact with the scripture, I feel it kind of butting up against those areas of my life where I'm a little too comfortable and I'm living a little too much for myself. Yeah. G.K. Chesterton had a, a great line that we don't need a religion that's right when we are right. We need a religion that is right when we are wrong, yeah. because otherwise, what's the value of it? If it's just a credo that we develop on our own to make ourselves feel good, it really doesn't do anything for us. Yeah. But if it's there to say, no, you're not doing the work of the Lord, you're not being the man God wants you to be right now, it's only then that we can start to grow and see change in our life and break out of that cycle of boredom that the culture kind of draws us into. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, talking about opening up the word, opening up scripture, the, the root of disciples is also the root of the word disciplines. And so I've oft, often heard the word spiritual disciplines, being that, that phrase being thrown around. Right. Um, and that's kind of like the, the habitual um, routines that you set up in your day-to-day -day life to continue growing as a disciple. That's at least the way I understand it. But um, that is opening up the word and, and hearing the Lord speak to you. That, yeah. that is spending time with him in the Blessed Sacrament and um, frequently going to confession. And um, Those are the spiritual disciplines and surrounding yourself with a community. Right, yeah, it's so easy to have really almost the disciplines, the habits of the world take over our life. And these are little areas where we can proclaim the, the gospel into our life and say, okay, I'm reclaiming this part of my life for <laughs> Christ. I'm reclaiming my evenings. I'm reclaiming my weekends and my, yeah. my Friday nights so that we, we slowly introduce more and more of those disciplines yeah. to become disciples, whether that's adding more prayer or changing the way we spend our money so that we have more to, to take care of the needs of the church and the needs of the poor. They don't have to be huge steps initially, but if you slowly start to turn the ship, then over a long period of time, your direction will change significantly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's kind of our whole purpose with this, with this podcast is looking at those day-to-day -day things and reapplying them back to the faith in yeah. sometimes goofy ways, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm right. sure we'll be off the wall sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's more fun that way. <laughs> it's true. That's more adventurous, right? Yeah, indeed. Well, Kimmy, I hope in this next week you say yes to the Lord a whole lot more, uh, and please yeah. hold me accountable so that I can say yes to the Lord in all of the times that He asks. Oh, please, God, I will. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for joining us today. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.